0: Arizona, Arizona Sports, sports. The, the local, local sports, leader. sports leader, Burns and Gamble. the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset,
1: Bye. Collins Comfort, A.C. and Plumbing. Go online at CollinsComfort.com. The Cardinals, were back practicing today. No official injury report yet, but according to our own Tyler Drake, both Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy got in work today along with wide receiver Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Well, I'm being told, better than 50-50 chance he will play. However, we did not see DJ Humphries, Byron Murphy, DeAndre Hopkins out there. Reasoning is unknown. Could be a Veterans Day off. Buddha, Buda Baker was seen leaving the field shortly after the open portion of practice. Uh, had kicked off. Looks like he got some stretching in. There are a couple local games tonight. First up, ASU men's hoop Bobby Hurley and ASU taking on number 20 Michigan after the Sun Devils last night overcame an 11-point deficit uh, to win round one of the Legends Classic 63-59 over VCU. VCU did not score from the field in the final eight minutes and fifty-nine seconds of game time. That ASU defense shut him down, but you got Michigan tonight.
0: Well, after what happened last Sunday, that I don't want to say they're talking about must wins in November, but oh Bobby needed that one last night. Yeah, that was a good yeah, one. You drop that game on Sunday to a to a cupcake. You don't go to Brooklyn and lose to VCU. That was a big comeback win.
1: Tip off for the finals of the Legend Classic against the Wolverines is at seven. You can hear right here on the Arizona Sports app and 987 And later in the night, the Coyotes take on the Golden Knights in Las Vegas, where they're going to see old friend Phil Kessel. The the Vegas Knights are one of the best teams in the league. They've lost two games in a row. Kessel's got three goals on the season and four assists, so the Coyotes see their old friend Phil Kessel. He's got that Iron Man streak going and everything, so puck drops at eight on the Arizona Sports app and on ESPN 620. Coyotes have been playing some good hockey, but that's a big test tonight against the Golden Knights. That's one of the better teams in the NHL.
0: Yeah, they began that East Coast portion of the long road trip with three wins, and then they fell to her a couple games. You know, Bill Armstrong was good about it, though, earlier. Like the young guys are getting some ice time sure. here. they get Chickren and Smaltz back soon enough, so you get two of your best players back, and, you know, they,
1: they, the journey on the road continues, Gepo. Yeah. According to Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormack, And Gonzaga's AD, Chris Standiford, they met earlier today in Austin, Texas, and there is a growing mutual interest regarding Gonzaga joining the Big 12. I think they had a big loss... The other day in Bath, they lost to Texas. I think Gonzaga lost to Texas, but Gonzaga in the Big Twelve, right? Not a football school. Well, that's what I was going to say. But a basketball school.
0: I don't like their chances in football. Kansas is probably like, well, the, maybe not this year, but like, yeah, bring on Gonzaga's football program.
1: Yeah, to the Big Twelve. I mean, just you know, Gonzaga wants to make sure they get all sports involved, but that would be interesting that they would just really just make their basketball brand that much better with Gonzaga. Uh, well, we are into the Major League Baseball season. Bleacher Report ranked all the league's farm systems, and the D-backs were ranked 11th. The top 10 prospects, according to BR, shortstop Jordan Lawler, outfielder Corbin Carroll, outfielder Drew Jones, Brandon Fatt, the pitcher, Dre Jameson, the pitcher, Ryan Nelson, the pitcher, Davison De Los Santos, a third baseman, Blake Watson, a left-handed pitcher, Dominique Fletcher, an outfielder, and Blaze Alexander, a shortstop. So two shortstops in their top ten, and obviously that's a position of need for the D-backs. Nick Ahmed entering the final year of his contract, and he was injured most of last year and shut down. So they're going to need a shortstop of the future for sure. Did you get the
0: NFL note? How about the game in Buffalo? Is that on
1: your list cuz that was So, let me get. So let me get to that. So yeah. we got the we got the Thursday night game tonight. So you've got the Titans, they're on the road taking on the Packers and Lambo. From a Cardinal fan perspective, you want the Packers to lose. You just you, you look at the standings and you try to say, okay, you know, how do I get myself, you know, into the playoff pitch? Well, one of the things you look at is you look at the teams that you're really close with and you, you look at a Green Bay, they're four and six. And the Cardinals, well, they're four and six. So if the Titans, who are six and three and in first place in the AFC South, can go into Lambeau Field and beat the Packers, who are coming off a big win, that would knock the Packers behind the Cardinals. So, yeah, as a Cardinal fan, you're looking for the Packers to lose tonight. Lambeau Field, I'm looking at it right now. No snow
0: and on the ground, and it looks like no snow looks fine. in the
1: air. It looks it like looks
0: a fine. chilly but nice night in Green Bay.
1: Sunday in the NFL, the Bills' home game against the Browns is being re- relocated to Detroit due to a winter storm expected to hit western New York over the next couple of days. So the area is expected to get multiple feet of snow, Mixed with thunder over the course of Thursday night through Saturday night, the team said the decision to move the game from Highmark Stadium was done in consultation with the Bills and local state authority, authorities as the region prepares for the storm.
0: You know what, Gambo? I know a lot of people on Twitter are just like, oh my gosh, are we are we at that point now where we can't play in snow? This is the NFL. You're supposed to play in all elements with the exception of lightning. To me, it seems like this is about the safety Of the fans getting to the game the workers, the personnel at the stadium getting to the games. This isn't about, oh, we don't want to play football in the snow. To me, there are health and safety concerns for the masses trying to get to a football game with that type of weather forecasted. That's why this game has been moved.
1: I know this was a player the Cardinals had kicked the tires on, but they decided not to do anything. But the Eagles, after signing uh, veteran tackle Linval Joseph, They agreed to terms today with defensive tackle and Dominican Sue. It's a one-year deal. Sue's 35 years old. He played for the Buccaneers last year. Started all 17 games. Had six sacks. Seven tackles for a loss, 13 quarterback hits. So the Eagles, after that loss, you know, and with Jordan Davis on the injured reserve with a high ankle sprain and another one of their defensive linemen on the injured reserve, they decide to go out there. Their run defense have had some issues. They've given up all 320 yards and two touchdowns on the ground the past two weeks. They said, let's go get Ndamukong Sue. Maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank. You go get Linval Joseph. You get a couple of veterans. You know, no risk, no harm, no foul here, it's not a lot of money for these guys and you shore up that defensive line, you bring some veterans in and make sure you've got, you know, you can make your run for the Super Bowl. And at
0: 35 years of age, you get a guy like Sue for the home stretch, that's perfect for him. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, they traded for Robert Quinn. So that's two guys in their 30s. Now, we know Quinn can play. He was having a good year in Chicago, and we assume Sue is going to come in in shape and ready to contribute, maybe not week one, but in 10 days or so.
1: Aaron Judge's record-setting Sixty-second home run ball is headed to auction later this month. Uh, with the attorney for the Texas man who caught it telling ESPN, he's already turned down a three million dollar offer for the prize snagged October fourth at Globe Life Field at Arlington, Texas. A thirty-five year old from Dallas, he he has the ball uh, going to auctions. Or said he's already turned down three million dollars for that American League leading home run ball. That's
0: what's crazy to me. It's it's not the major league record. It's the American, it's the American league, league, league record. record. Mm-hmm. And some people may think it's. A Major League record. Yeah, I, I understand that. We
1: should have the MVP voting coming out very, very soon. We'll see if Paul Goldschmidt ends up winning the MVP. And then, of course, you've got uh, Otani and Judge, where we think Judge is going to win that thing. So we'll keep our eye on that. We had the Cy Young Awards yesterday with Verlander and Alcantara, and now we're looking at the MVPs, which you would think Paul Goldschmidt could win that in the National League, and I think Judge would win in the American League. We'll stay tuned for that that. So again, the action tonight, you've got the Yotes taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. You've got ASU taking on Michigan in basketball. So a couple of games right there for everybody to watch. And of course, you've got Thursday night football. You've got the Titans at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. That's a game Cardinal fans are going to keep their eye on because it does have implications for the Cardinals as far as the playoffs are concerned because they both have identical 4-6 and records. So keep your your eye on that the suns great win last night a lot of help for booker but let's not overlook another great game for devin booker we'll talk about that next on arizona sports the local sports leader burns and gambo arizona sports the local sports leader Hi, right, bringer Tim Ring, filling in for Dave Burns, who is at a wedding today—a wedding on a Thursday, the yeah, rare Thursday wedding. Yeah, you don't, you don't get many of those. Yeah, it's just like, what's the you know somebody? What's the price of the wedding on a Saturday? It's that much. What do you got on Thursday? Yeah, <laughs> Thursday's about half price. Perfect, I'll take
0: Thursday. Oh man, you're just there you go. you're killing the, the poor dad is well, trying to pay for the daughter's <laughs> wedding and can <laughs> still just pay the daughter's weddings. I I think so, unless yeah, they don't have any money. I'll probably be getting
1: married soon
0: oh yeah you're getting stuck yeah yeah i mean sometimes i think the when the the father of the bride maybe might be struggling a little bit the the parents of the groom if they're doing a little better there's there's that ability to kind of kick ah, in and impressive. help out, I think that's become more, more of the norm as of late. But no, you think it's a waste ain't nobody of money.
1: helping you out, brother. I think it's a waste of money. I'd rather just give them a certain amount of money, go have a destination vacation. I'll come, destination wedding at a great spot, and I'll go. Most girls just dream of that since they were a little girl. right? Eloping. yeah, they all yeah, they dream of that. No, they yeah. want the big wedding. of course life, they do, right? But it's a waste. It's a waste. Like the whole thing goes by, and it's like you don't even remember it. Like, wouldn't you rather just be like you know on this uh, this island somewhere? Where, yes, in we Bahamas, or because we, in have Italy, the, or,
0: we have the benefit of having gone through it. But right. every every girl, and it's a certain set of man might, well, my boy we, might grow up dreaming of the wedding well, day.
1: Chelsea, we had a we had a <laughs> great destination wedding in, in Lake Como. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. You know, you don't have all your family there. The only family that was there were just my family in Italy, my aunts and uncles and cousins from Italy. That's the only one that were there. Nobody from America. Um, well, if I was invited, I would have come. I had my friend. You Paul didn't invite come. me. I had my friend Paul come. Yeah, you would have came all the way to Italy. I, you're damn right, I would have wow. to go to Lake Como. Oh yeah, the wedding was Villa Villa Carlotta, destination wedding. It was it was incredible. Oh, yeah, oh, Faye would have been all over that. We would have been, we
0: would have stayed two weeks. We would yeah. have went on the honeymoon with you. You would have been like, yeah, where are you guys going? <laughs>
1: (laughs) Yeah, we went to Capri, did the Blue Grotto, and then we went to, we were in Rome because Chelsea loves Rome. She loves like walking around the middle of the night and just getting lost. Just wherever we are. Just walk until you get lost. That's the goal. Just walk until you don't know where you are in Rome. And then you're happy. You're just like, I don't know where I am, but this is great. We had a
0: a private tour guide in Rome, and she was so proud of the city, as she should be. I mean, that thing went like damn near eight hours. Like at the end, I was like, oh my God, stop talking about this statue. I just want to have something to eat.
1: The worst things are the the, the, the galleries with the art—I oh, get so bored in those places. I know I can't do the art stuff. All right, let's <laughs> let's talk about Devin Booker because what gets overshadowed in games like this when other guys step up? Oh, book got help. Look, oh, Cameron Payne was great, and Tory Craig knocked down three threes, and oh, Mikhail Bridges, and then Devin Booker, ho hum, just goes out there, twenty-seven points, eight of seventeen shooting, has another great game. I mean, that's you know, and and I hate to, um, when we to, when we have these games where Booker gets help, I always make sure we spend one segment talking about Devin Booker because I think we have to. I mean, he is one of the best players in the NBA and you can get overshadowed in a game like that. You can get overshadowed by campaigns, career high in points, or Mikhail Bridges, career high in, ass, in assists, all five starters in double figures and just forget that, you know, your, your superstar player went out there and you know, ho-hum, 27 points and nine assists and three Three blocked shots for Devin Booker. Made all his free throws. Made all his free throws. Nine, nine for nine. I mean, you're just like, okay, yeah, just like, oh, hell, yeah, Michael Bridges. What about Devin Booker? Thirty-seven minutes, eight of seventeen from the field, twenty-seven points, nine assists, three blocked shots by Devin Booker. Another fantastic game by Book. Stepped up big time.
0: He was first-team All-NBA last year, as everybody knows. I'm starting to think that I'm not going to say it's going to be a yearly occurrence the rest of his career, but it ain't going to be his last. This guy is evolving almost with each passing game. I mean, Kellen talked about it a couple segments ago, almost inviting now the double team because he knows exactly how to beat it. He can handle the point in a pinch. Obviously, the pull-up jumper and the three-point shooting, he's had that for a while. But now, he's developing Gamble a game, that not only going strong into the basket, but his footwork is evolving now that he's almost developing a post game. And we saw Jordan and Kobe have that same thing later in their careers. Those guys would usually go to the fade when they're in the post. But Booker's now working his, his up and under. And his footwork is fantastic. In fact, Mark Jackson talked about it last night. I'm not sure how many people picked up on this. The spinner in the post. He made a great post move. And the Mark, spinner in the post. And Nick. Mark Jackson said, and he was dead on right, he goes, I don't know many big men that yeah. have the ability to use that kind of footwork that to, made get, it, to 50, get a layup. That
1: made it 52-49. Curry had just hit a three to make it 50-47. It was a corner three up an inbounds play. Mikel was kind of late getting to him, ran to a clay screen. Booker comes back, drives, does this spin in the lane. I remember exactly the play you're talking about because I thought the same thing. Look at that spin move by Booker. Like That was fantastic. He had some lobs to DA, um, three-point plays. He knocked down a couple of threes. The three-block shots were just outstanding. I mean, he really got after it defensively, and that's, a, that's another part of his game that we don't talk a lot about. Is that you know he's just becoming just a better, better and better defensive player, and that's that that's a part of his game that he could really elevate. Any, let's be honest. He wasn't a great
0: defensive player for a while there. I mean, when he was a teenager, like he came into the league like, ah, you know. That's, <laughs> I mean, the, the metrics on Booker defensively were not good for a couple of years. But he has done a 180 on that. He has turned that narrative because you get older and you realize that the old adage is true. Offense wins games. Defense wins championships. And Booker has just become a well-rounded player. And boy, Gamble, he's got every shot in his toolbox now. Uh, the leadership thing, that box is checked. Defense, uh, passing the basket basketball ability to handle the point.
1: Listen, if he gets any help yeah. scoring, the Suns are going to win. So my favorite play in the game last time, my favorite play, um, third quarter, late third quarter, Landau blocks a shot. He, was, he had just blocked Curry, but now he blocks another shot. I'm not sure who it was. Might have been Lamb, but he blocks another shot. Oh, Poole. He blocked Poole. Book gets the ball, okay? Landale's running down the court, and Book is slowing down, slowing down. He's got the ball, and he feeds Landale for this fast break dunk on the other end, made it 98-86. to 98-86. That was my favorite play of the game. Because Landale, because you're rewarding the guy that came up with the block shot, but you're also not pushing it to score yourself. You're now the point guard. You've got the ball. You hold back. You win. I... <laughs> And then you feed him the seas part. I think he went by like, you know, a bunch of different guys. It was, it was a, that was a great play. The other one was the Landale fast break from Washington in transition. Fourth quarter made it 107 97. He split four Golden State defenders running the court after a missed Golden State three. Landale runs the court. Washington in transition gets him the ball. I love Landale's ability to, to run the court. He reminds me a little bit of like, you know, maybe like, like Lou Amundsen and, you think about some of the you know some of the guys that the uh, that the that's sons have school. had in that that's position. That's old school, Lou Sweet I Lou. I doesn't even seem that that old school. But yeah, that's <laughs> you know Landell's becoming one of those players that you really like to watch play. Like just really like to watch play. But I'll tell you, like he makes a play at a defensive end, and then he runs, and whether he gets the ball or not, like he's he's not going to just sit there and watch the block shot and, and enjoy it. I'm going to go down the other court and see if I can get this on the other end.
0: Now, on the playground, we used to say uh, about guys like Jock Landell is he's got a game he's got a game. He's got an offensive game. He can play. He knows how to pl- uh, play the game. I talked to Tim Kempton about this the other day when I filled in for Bloom over on the radio team, is that the Landale looks to me like that he was a guy that was just brought up with outstanding coaching Gambo. And the reality is a, a lot of young kids in the States right now, they don't get that great coaching when they're younger anymore. The AAU circuit is garbage. Uh, you know, you don't know who's coaching these guys. So a lot of their skills are just flat out raw. So that's why to see Booker use his footwork to get a post move and a layoff. Yeah. It's fantastic. But Landell does the same thing. He does the same thing. This this young man, who's still very, very young in the league, you can tell coming up in Australia, he was very well coached. Because he's not a great... He's not going to out-athlete you, Gamble. But, boy, he gets the ball in the paint. He knows how to use his feet. He knows how to use his body. And he can go up with either his left hand or a right hand and knock down a hook. And just to me, I, I just think... As I said earlier, I think he's filled the role of JaVale McGee and then some. Now, long season ago, he might regress a little bit. But I just think he's been outstanding for the Suns throughout these first 14 it's days. He's been the biggest
1: surprise. Listen, when yeah. they signed those three guys, Akoji, Lee, and Landell, I was like, you know, none of that blew me away. None of that. Like, those guys, you know, none of those, to me, were significant signings. But then you just got to think about the way James Jones is, the way he builds a team and its pieces and what fits and how do they fit. And he's putting a puzzle together. And Landell fit a piece of the puzzle. And Lee fit a piece of the puzzle. And Koji, although he can, you know, he's had a hard time staying on the court in previous years because he just doesn't shoot shoot the ball very well. But he can defend. He had a nice block shot last night, so he's a guy that could definitely defend a little bit. All right, Vance Joseph spoke today, the defensive coordinator, after an outstanding effort against the Rams. What's he going to do to get ready for the 49ers? We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. A good poll question by Eric Ruby. At two thirty, we break it out. At four thirty, we after we tweet it out and retweet it. We go over the results. Very, uh, in, uh, very uh, interactive. Would that be interactive page? The & Gamble yes. page on Twitter. There are sometimes words. Uh, and I talk for a living, and I'm not really a good speaker. <laughs> so I was told there'd be no words. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> great. Uh. We could just do it in Italian, uh, but let's get a poll update from Eric Rubio Sanderson Ford. Poll update from today.
0: Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford.
1: Well, funny enough, Gambo, Jay Crowder is getting paid to play basketball, but he's not playing basketball, so it's almost a c- comparison there to being paid to talk and maybe not being able to talk sometimes. But Jay Crowder, when is he going to be traded, guys? Is it going to be within the month? That's two weeks. Is it going to be within the year? That's about six weeks. Is it going to be by the trade deadline, all the way out in February? Or is he just not going to get traded this year? Well, he's getting traded. He's getting traded. He's getting traded. He's going to get traded. I'm going to say it, get, it happens within the, by the end of the month. Although I do, I do wonder if there's like they're just waiting for a deal that's going to be freed up in December. Is there any chance even 1% of a reconciliation? No. No. 0.01. No. Percent chance. No. I mean, what's the chance of you getting back with your last girlfriend before you got married? Oh, pretty good. That's pretty good? <laughs> I don't care. Whoa, Faye's not listening. Yeah, well, I
0: can't even wow. remember who my last girlfriend was. You can't so remember
1: long. who your last girlfriend was before <laughs> Faye?
0: That's a good cover there. Man, There you go.
1: I didn't have one. She's the only girlfriend I've ever sad. had. Anyway, guys, the Jay, Jay Crowder poll. Yes, let's get back to the Jay Crowder poll. <laughs> get
0: back to that one. Ringer. Oh, pretty good. What you thinking? What you thinking? What you thinking? Jay Crowder going to get traded. Yeah, you know I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I think it's going to happen actually after the holidays, sometimes in sometime in January when other teams kind of have a better idea of who they are and who they are not this year. I'm going to go January.
1: That one sitting in second place. In first, it's within the month. What Gambo's going with 46.5 percent leading the way in second place by the trade deadline, 35.7 percent. This one a close race for third though. Nine percent saying within the year That's six months eight. 08 percent saying he's not gonna get traded at all that went up from two hours ago not sure why all right so that is your poll question you can vote on it on the burns and Gambo page and Eric Ruby brings it to us every single day you can vote on that Jake Crowder poll on the burns and gamble page All right, let's get to advance Joseph he spoke today about the defense and one of the first things that that he talked about was of course number three playing in that game Buddha Baker and he talked about how surprised he was that Buddha out
2: there. I was shocked he played, obviously. You know, it was shocked to all of us. I mean it was it was a ankle ankle sprain. You know, most guys miss a couple weeks with that at least. But um watching him run around on Thursday I was like, whoa, he may go. And then Friday it was no question he was gonna go. And he played, he played his butt off. It was no difference than he played, you know, week before he, I mean he made the same plays he would make if he was totally healthy. The last play he picked the ball off. I was screaming, get down, you know, just get down because those linemen are gonna tackle you and fall on your ankle. But um <laughs> But he didn't complain one second. He, play, he played the entire game for the most part, and he was Buddha. It, it was no difference.
1: That's, I was thinking the same thing. Just get down. Don't get tackled. Don't let somebody grab you by the ankle. Don't let somebody roll on your no. ankle. Just, just get down, no. Buddha. Get down. I no, was thinking no,
0: that. No. I want that guy getting hurt. No, no, no. I wanted him to score. Yeah. Re- the revenge of the DK Metcalf play oh. was running through my mind as Buddha took that thing back 53 yards. I was praying he'd get in the end yeah, zone. Just that, but I, I was
1: wondering, as he was going, man, I hope nobody grabs that ankle. Oh, oh come on. He's, I he's was, fine. I was. My oh, Jai man. Sanders had himself a game. He has Vance Joseph talking about
2: the young pass rushers on this Cardinals team. They're coming along fast. You know, Jay last week had a hell of a game. You know, I mean, he's doing things that... Um that hadn't been done all year. I mean, he's just making you know plays off schedule, and that's that's hard to find. I mean, he made two plays, three plays in the first quarter on the screen, on a one bounce run, and on the uh, on a, a one outside to zone pressure. He's the edge setter away. He dove over the tackle, and made a play. So his length shows up, his instincts show up all the time. So the more he plays, the better he's going to get.
1: Isn't it fascinating? He's already got more sacks than Chandler Jones, and he's barely played. My Jai Sanders has more sacks than Chandler Jones this year. You love sticking it to Jones. Oh, I totally you? love you sticking it to sti- him. Absolutely, you know, Gamble loves sticking well, it to Chandler yeah, Jones. Yeah, well, listen, we just kept his big mouth shut, I, I mean, I'm the only aware. thing I said was I wasn't I wasn't getting personal like he did. I yeah. just said I wouldn't pay this guy anything to come back. He's not worth it. And you know what? I was right. And they made He's a good decision. He's not worth five dollars. He's not worth five bucks. He's not worth $5 on that. They've given him nothing. They gave the Raiders zero. But the young pass rushes. Listen, you got to start thinking now. As much as Kime takes heat, Zaman Collins can play. Isaiah Simmons can play. Majai Sanders can play. Cameron Thomas, I think he's going to be able to play. As much, the, the problem is, like, the, the guys take too long to work out. So every time you see, hey, t- the Cardinals never have a top rookie in their first year. Here's your top 20 rookies this year. None of them are ever Cardinals. Why? For some reason, these guys take an extra year to develop. I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. They don't play him, whatever. Like, Trey McBride will probably be great next year. He'll probably be great. He's not going to do anything this year, but he, he'll be great next year because it just takes Cardinals draft picks longer to develop than other guys, and I don't really know the as to why.
0: Well, he better do something this year, McBride. He's going to get the opportunities he now. He's basically he their guy. He's doing, Max comes back and can be that kind of blocky number 2 tight end role, but McBride's got to catch the football, though. I mean, they need that tight end production. No question about it. But my Jay Sanders, gamble you talked about five tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, defended a pass. And, and listen, they need him because you know who else isn't doing anything? Marcus Golden. Nothing. Nothing. He's got a sack and a half, he
1: And he's such a he was such a good player, and he you know, wasn't happy with the contract. He held out. It was basically a hold-in. Right? He was, wasn't going to play, and then they, they boosted up his salary a little bit, and, but he hasn't given him anything. It's just
0: and no impact plays. No, and no I, impact us, plays. we all love Marcus Golden, the attitude, the junkyard dog. He's a great guy. in the Yeah, but you got to deliver. You got to deliver. He's not doing it. And let me. I'll tell you this real quick for prevent Joseph's defense before you move on. J.J. Watt didn't have gaudy stats in terms of sacks and tackles. One sack, two tackle tackles. Gamble. Well, J.J. Watt impacted that
1: game big time he on Sunday. Does. He had
0: yeah. five quarterback.
1: Hits. He's an intangible type player. Yeah, he gets the he he messes things up. There's no question about it. He's had a good year to the point where I start to wonder if I'm Steve Kime, do I try to bring him back on a one year deal for about half the money? You want to stay here? You I would be, a one year deal. I would try to bring him back. Can't pay to, you the same amount of money. I don't know if he's going to go for it, but you, of but course I, you try.
0: Like I bring you back on a one year deal. It's not just let's hand this thing over to Zach Allen. No, they you, kept
1: giving Fitz one year deals. So I'll bring you back. I'll bring JJ Watt back on a one year deal. For uh, maybe you can give him seven to ten million dollars. I'm interested in that because he's played well. All right, here's Vance Joseph talking about the big challenge coming up this week with Christian McCaffrey.
2: Obviously, he's a great player. We played him one week two or three, and maybe, um, yeah. I mean, he adds he adds the passing game element f- from the backfield for those guys. The running games, obviously their first, you know, their first deal they do. But um, you know, him as a receiver is a tough match for most backers. So to have a plan to get the right guy on him on first, second, and third down, is a must for us. But but, you know, add one more great player to the offense is obviously good for them and bad for us. But it's definitely different watching them with him and without. I mean, he is he is he's uh, he's in a slot. He's running jets. He's running sweeps. He's catching balls downfield, throwing passes, you know, so to watch what they've done with him uh, the last month has been uh, kind of scary. But um, we'll see what happens on Monday.
1: We're going to be at ch- We're looking at a board right now on NFL game day in the hunt, Washington, Green Bay, Atlanta and the Cardinals. Green Bay plays tonight, they basically could be eliminated with a loss and drop to four and seven. And if they do that, you have to say the same things about the same thing about the Cardinals. Cardinals lose to San Francisco Monday night, you fall to four and seven, you're in a whole boatload of trouble. All right, one more from Vance Joseph, I want to play. Him talking about because they got Elijah Mitchell back last week, and he played really well. And here's Vance talking about just having to face both of those guys this week.
2: It's the same most of the time. You know, Mitchell finished the game last week. I think the last eight to ten carries, it was Mitchell when he's fresh. He's a young guy so you know he's he, he's a tough out you know McCaffrey obviously in the pass game is a bigger threat but in the run game it's the same you know it's a it's a tough scheme to master with the jets and emotions and the shifts you know they're trying to ungap you before the ball's even snapped and most of the time they do it you know so the run game is it's difficult with both guys but the pass game obviously with Christian is a lot tougher
1: all right, so that's Vance Joseph talking about just the, what they've got to go up against this week, and that's going to be a chore. Christian McCaffrey's a dangerous weapon. Elijah Mitchell has been fantastic. Seeing him. When he came back last week, he had a great game. So you've got a one-two punch there in San Francisco with those two running backs. That will be hard for the Cardinals to face. I know when you think
0: 49er football, you think defense and running game with even Debo Samuel carrying the football a little bit, but you, know, you look at the NFL stats right now. I did this the other day. Uh, the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo who's not really wowing anybody left or right, they have a, a top-10 passing offense. They don't have a top-10 rushing offense. They're 14th in the league in rushing.
1: Well, they didn't have McCaffrey, and Mitchell was hurt. hurt. And they will incorporate
0: McCaffrey more and more. Now, those stats I just gave you may look differently in a month, but right yeah. now the 49ers and Garoppolo have a top-10 passing offense in the NFL. That kind of shocked me a little bit. And Ayuk's doing a good job for them. But he no, I, 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 has been
1: really good for them.
0: He's been really good. He has been good. I just would have thought that this would be a run-dominant team even before McCaffrey got there. But no, they're a top-ten passing yeah, offense right now. I think now. with
1: Mitchell, Hurt, and, but now that you've got Mitchell and McCaffrey, I think that they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, Garoppolo, listen, they've had some trouble in the red zones. Part of it, three turnovers. They've had three red zone turnovers. That's tied for the third most in the NFL. Uh, Garoppolo's numbers this year, a lot of them fall in line with what he's done, but a couple of very notable in. In changes. He's got 11 touchdowns to just four interceptions. That would be like his best uh, by a significant margin the way he's trending right now. So a lot of the numbers look very similar, but then you looked at the, the touchdown to interception ratio has been really good for him. He's not throwing a lot of interceptions. He's not, so he's not making the now their red zone turnovers, more fumbles and everything, but, um, yeah. and his time to pass 2.62 seconds, that would be the lowest since 2020. Uh, but more notable, a time in the pocket. 2.35 seconds would be the lowest of his career. So he's getting the ball out quick. Kind of what we saw with Colt McCoy this week. Garoppolo, same thing. He's getting the ball out very quickly to avoid the sacks and the negative plays. Hey, we're going to
0: see that a lot on Monday night. I think with both teams the game plan will remain the same for the Cardinals and the 49ers. The, Card- the Cardinals have still have the problems on their offensive line that they had going into L.A. Now they had the game plan to offset that. I expect them to try to do the same thing with the quick timing passes with McCoy if in fact McCoy is the quarterback out there real quick before we hit the break Gambo the timing patterns where McCoy gets the snap and throws it within two seconds I'm not sure you can do that with Kyler Murray because of the height. I'm not sure he can stand there and just throw it no, over, over the needs, defensive he line. he needs mid. to be
1: back quite a bit. Yes. So, you know, he might need that extra time. All right, there could be some future coaches that are assistants coming in this game on Monday night in Mexico City with the Cardinals and the 49ers. We'll talk about that next in the 49ers defense right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports,
1: breaking news. Okay, the... D-backs have made a trade. Not a significant trade, but the D-backs have made a trade. Mariners and the D-backs in agreement on a trade that will send Kyle Lewis, an outfielder, to the D-backs, and outfielder Cooper Hummel to Seattle. Now, just checking with the D-backs on this, as I'm talking with them now, this does not, I mean, when you look at... Kyle Lewis. He's 27 years old. He's got 458 bats over four years. He's only played in 129 games. Right-handed hitter versus lefties, maybe some DH. Um, But it does not. This is not. Has nothing to do with them. You know, trading any of their four outfielders. They they are open to trading. If for the right deal, a Dalton Varsho or an Alec Thomas. Corbin Carroll's untouchable, and I don't think that they would be able to trade McCarthy. But um, and they did get rid of Stone Garrett and Luplo, so Kyle Lewis would come in when for the Diamondbacks and be a guy right handed hitter versus lefties and maybe some designated hitter.
0: Kyle, Kyle Lewis was the 11th overall pick in the 2016 draft, a first-round pick by the Mariners, again, six, six summers ago, uh, but obviously uh, at that time was very, very highly regarded. And what's interesting, Gambo, is that it was a very crowded outfield last year. So, I don't know if this is a major trade where you're getting a guy like Kyle Lewis to, to come in and maybe compete for a job. And if that's the case, other moves are going to have to be
1: made. Right-handed hitter versus this is what I'm being told. He'll be a right-handed hitter versus lefties and maybe some DHing. So, they like him a little bit. He's a career 242 hitter um, in. In fifty-seven games in two thousand twenty, he did hit eleven home runs and two hundred and eleven at bats. Um, but again, just a, you know, this to me, to them, this is a little bit of an upgrade over Stone Garrett. They may re- try to re-sign Stone. You know, more of a minor league thing. Uh, but you know, they don't. You know, Stone do, did have a tough September. He struck out seventeen times, only walked three. D-backs really value being able to put the bat on the ball and not strike out a whole lot. So they make the trade today. Kyle Lewis, outfielder, twenty-seven years old, last four years with the Mariners, again, right-handed hitter versus left-handed pitching, because remember, all four of their main outfielders are lefties, all four of their main outfielders, Corbin Cowell, Cowell left-handed hitter, Alec Thomas, left-handed hitter, Dalton Varsho, Jake McCarthy, left-handed hitters, so it's important to get a right-handed bat out there, Kyle Lewis comes in, right-hander that could face lefties, and possibly do some DHing for them. 56
0: at-bats last year for Kyle Lewis. Five RBIs,
1: three homers, eight hits, hit 143. And congratulations to Paul Goldschmidt. He just won the National League MVP award. Former D-back Paul Goldschmidt, your NL MVP winner. What a great year for him. So that is what's going on in baseball. D-back strike a deal. Kyle Lewis, now a member of the D-backs. And uh, we'll try to keep you up to date on everything going on with the D-backs right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's talk about this 49ers defense for a second. Man, they were fantastic in the second half against the Chargers. These are mind-boggling numbers. The Chargers had 52 yards of offense in the second half of the game. their fewest in any week since 2007. Um, they're also Justin Herbert was just 7 of 14 for 35 yards in the second half. Uh, his fewest passing yards and a half in his career. So the 49ers defense only allowed three first downs by the Chargers in the second half after allowing nine by halftime. This is a dominant defense and this is a defense that, that the Cardinals are going to be whether it's Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy you got your work cut out for you against this defense. Number one in the
0: NFL in yards allowed. i talking about the 49er defense now. Number one in rushing yards allowed. Number eight in passing yards allowed. Number four in points allowed. So no matter how you carve it up, maybe they can argue in Buffalo or or Tampa or Philly, this is one of, if not the best defenses in the National Football League. It will be a lot. Despite the fact Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald were on the opposite side of the field last week, this will be a more formidable challenge for that Cardinal offense. There's no question about it. Bosa has nine and a half sacks. Armstead is back now. Fred Warner, one of the best middle linebackers, if not the best in the league. This is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. And again, you wonder if what they did successfully Successfully against the Rams with the quick tempo passing attack could have success again against a 49er
1: defense that is just loaded Gambo loaded. NFL.com did a thing on top young coaches that could get a job. And, and Demeca Ryans, the 38-year-old defensive coordinator for the 49ers, was listed, you know, says the Vikings were so impressed with Ryans after his initial interview last January, they asked him to fly in for a second. Um, so he's a guy, with what he's done with that San Francisco defense, he's going to be on the top of a lot of lists. But was interesting about this story on NFL.com is that they, they went through the main guys. There's probably about 15 of them. Then they said NFL coaches to watch in future years. And they just mentioned some guys in future years. Two of them were Cardinals assistants. One was the co-passing game coordinator, Spencer Whipple, who's 33. And the other was the assistant head coach, Jeff Rogers, who's 44. So two Cardinals were mentioned as a possible NFL coaches in waiting in future years. Not
0: Vance Joseph,
1: though. Interesting. And maybe because he's already, maybe because he's already had his shot
0: and the, 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 the narrative of the article were the next wave. Rodgers is interesting. Obviously, he's a special teams guy. I mean, how many special teams guys went from that role to head coach? John Harbaugh did. Yes, I know Mike Ditka did. That goes way back, and I'm sure there have been a few others. So that path that path has been taken before, but generally speaking, they come from the offense or defensive side coordinator wise. But Jeff Rogers is so highly respected, much like John Harbaugh was when he got that job uh, with the Ravens. Interesting, and Spencer Whipple. You know, Gamble, I got to tell you, because Cliff calls the plays and really is the offensive coordinator, I kind of don't know what to make of Spencer Whipple, right? Because if you were calling the plays, you could be like, all right, this guy, this kid's got something, right? This guy's got some mojo, some moxie. He's intelligent. He's I was out.
1: tough when B.A. was here, too, right? When yeah. you've got a coach who's also calling the plays. Yeah, and you
0: eventually, and B.A. eventually let uh, Harold Godwin c- call the plays to help him further his coaching career. But as long as Cliff has, you know, a stranglehold on play calling.
1: Yeah, how do other teams view Spencer Whipple if it's Cliff's offense and Cliff is calling the plays?
0: Spencer Whipple could very well be the next Sean McVay. I guess the point of what I'm saying here is I, it's, it's tough to, like, evaluate him as a member of the media or a talk show host or a Cardinal fan. Unless e-
1: Cliff gets sick and doesn't appear in a game and then he calls the game and it does well, right? Well, and,
0: and you know what? That actually happened last year yeah, in Cleveland. Cleveland game. Okay, so they, but Cliff put that game plan in, but yeah, Spencer Whipple and I believe somebody else helped him with that. I don't. It might have been Rodgers. I can't remember now. It's been over a year. But Whipple did a good job in that game. In fact, Kyler Murray, Kyler, Kyler Murray looked
1: really good at that game. Yeah, no doubt about it. He looked fantastic in that game. All right, five o'clock hour coming up right here on Arizona Sports. The Suns get a big win behind Payne and Mikhail Bridges take down the Warriors. We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.